What's happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And on this episode, me and Kira are going to go over who won Best Picture. Now, did you watch the Oscars live? I did not. No, neither did I. Okay, so... For those who didn't, have you heard about the most controversial thing that happened at the Oscars? Yes, uh, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Yes, so I think that upstaged any award that was won last night or the other night. But so did you see Coda before this or hear about it? I didn't. I actually watched it this morning and I will say I know why it it made Best Picture. I mean, the film was amazing. It really was. I loved it. I had only heard about it before minorly when it was started on the festival circuit and then it won, which I think it kind of was surprising to win, especially against like Steven Spielberg, who's a veteran winner. But did you know it was based off a French film? I actually did. I have my notes. It was based off La Familia Belia. I know. And now I want to see that one because I think it's always so cool to see the original. Plus, it had the same producer on both films. So I think that's why it translated so well and was such a strong, powerful story. You know, nothing got lost. Yeah. And I've been to Gloucester and it's an amazing city and thought that the filming was great and that they used actual boats and and houses from the city. And it was just like amazing. Like we talked about last time, instead of having like the, the green screen film to actually film on location and you could see the difference. Absolutely. And like you said, like I've been to Gloucester as well and you can feel it in the film. Like you, you're like, oh, I know what it's like to be there. I feel that energy and I feel how it feels like to be like, I don't know, on the seaport. It was crazy. Yeah. And I'm friends with a few like tuna fishermen from this region and they tell me how hard it is, you know, to, to deal with like selling their fish and products. And, and so I could kind of relate to what was going on in the movie. I feel like a lot of our recent podcasts actually deal with the challenges that people like have for like, you know, the big nose, the short stature, and then, you know, this being the hearing impaired. Exactly. But I think this movie shines so well and I think it really celebrates them and allows them to be themselves and I think it's so important that a movie like this one because it's really like a new era of inclusion for I think everyone to really like welcome in it's like oh a movie like this this is the first movie with a mostly deaf cast to win a huge award like this and Tony Katzer who won is only the second deaf person to ever win an Academy Award Marlene Matlin who's also in it won and she was the first so I think that's really crazy that you've only had two in the 94 four years the Oscar's been on. Yeah, and like I was looking at the notes and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He ended up, he won that and that was the first time ever a hearing impaired was ever, you know, nominated. And then they made history for Katzer, Matlin, and Durant becoming the first disabled performers in nomination history for outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. Yeah, which is crazy because they won for, they won the Spirit Award for the full cast and then they won obviously the Oscar. So these Oscars were kind of crazy, but they also broke a lot of records in kind of crazy ways because this is the third film directed by a woman to have won an Oscar, but it's the first back-to-back films that have won Best Picture. You had Nomadland last year, and now you have Coda this year. And isn't that crazy to think that no woman has won consecutively before this? It just shows you how things are changing the times, you know, with the female directors and, you know, the cast and the the storylines are all changing. Like, it's not the typical, this is, you know, how it is, you know, uh, a healthy woman or healthy man in the lead roles. And I'm not saying like, just like what people deem as being, you know, healthy. Yeah. And I think it's important because we've seen stories like that for decades now and we're ready to see new stories. I'm ready to see new stories. And I'm happy that we are because I think this is a celebration and we should be hearing from everyone it's not just there's more than one viewpoint 
Yeah, and the story of like the, being the only child in a deaf family and all the struggles that she had to overcome, like helping sign her parents uh, and her brother's, you know, questions to the the people that could hear and you know relaying what the people could hear could say to them, you know, and just how much pressure was on her, like in it showed through the movie and you know she wants to be a singer and she's trying to help them run the fishing boat and there was just so much on her and you just see like how people like we talk about how you, know, you we should be dare to be different embrace who you are and stuff but that also goes for like physical ailments like we should embrace the, the people that have ailments uh like hearing and the blind and you know and this movie kind of shines on that absolutely and i think it does a great job showing the interpersonal relationships between her and her family and how they like react because we see the frustration of the brother being like i'm the eldest i'm just as capable why can't you put more on me to the mom and dad always falling back on ruby to then her and her mom's super complicated relationship and i thought that scene in her bedroom was beautiful and she's like i didn't want this to come between us because you could hear and I couldn't and I thought that was so powerful because it's those dynamics I think that is what makes the movie shine and I think that's what it's important to see and like to celebrate yeah that was and she you know the mother states that her and her mother didn't have a good relationship because of her disability and then there's a part where they're selling fish and she hears the guy say that it's three dollars for a pound and then the guy's telling the brother who can't hear that it's a dollar fifty and she catches him and then the brother gets mad because he's like you know you embarrassed me but she was only trying to do what was right absolutely but i think part of the brother's journey was that he had to accept the shortcomings that he had while still being able to do the jobs because i felt like he was feeling sidelined and that's why i think that that scene was so important to then have the conversation that they have at the end when he's like just go away he's like you're actually talented go away this isn't for you this is me this is our life and then i thought that was interesting because then she goes back to her mom and she talks about always it being them and then her isolated and i thought that was really interesting because to feel isolated by people who rely on you so much is i thought really crazy and complex yeah and in the movie like the brother goes through tinder and he's you know looking through all these tinders but he never actually gets in touch with the people from Tend, I think you know he didn't get in touch with them because of the fact that he was deaf and he felt that maybe they wouldn't like him. Whereas Gertie, who is the friend of Ruby, she sees him and she's like, he's gorgeous. And like, like they end up hooking up. Okay, so I actually hated this part of the movie. I'm not going to lie to you. So it is established that Ruby is 17, right? So we're only to assume that Gertie's also 17. And then what, her 22-year-old brother's in a relationship with her? I do not like it, but I get why it happened. You know what? I didn't even think about the age difference. I just I was just watching the movie like it's the brother and the friend. And then you just mentioned the age and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that. That is kind of weird, actually. <laughs> it's super weird. And they kind of play it off in the movie because she's a bartender and he's like, oh, you're not 21. And she's like, oh, these guys can't count to 21 and like makes a joke about it. And I'm like, OK, that's cute. But also don't cut to the next scene of you guys making out like that is bad. It is I don't know. I did not like it. Yeah, and like like they make Gertie out to be like really a tramp. She sleeps with everybody. You know, it kind of like like wrong. Like <laughs> like in in a lot of ways that like portray just a young teenage girl as this as this horny sex symbol that, you know, has no brain, just wants to sleep with everybody. So I thought like her sleeping with people was like her way of like being empowered because she was sleeping with high school boys that were like all the same age. So it's like different. I think once you break the threshold of someone older and someone who knows you from being younger and being like a close friend of the family, it just feels weird. It felt weird. It felt out of place for the film. I don't know why they thought that he needed a love story. I thought the only time it was important that their relationship came into play was at the final performance 
when she was like, no, Ruby is good. And she was like communicating to them that her, that the singing was good. I thought that was the only time that like that dynamic was important to me. And at that, she could have still just been her friend. You know what I mean? I just, we could have done it without it. Yeah, and I agree with that. You know, what I really thought was interesting, the name CODA, I didn't know that it stood for Child of a Deaf Adult, but it also stands for Concluding Passage of Music in a Composition. So, you know, the only time I ever heard CODA was Led Zeppelin's CODA the album. I didn't know what it meant. I was just like, you know, oh, Led Zeppelin does weird stuff, so they probably named it for a reason. I'm sure that's probably the reason. I think it is. And that's actually so interesting because this movie was about a child of a deaf adult as well as someone who's pursuing music. So they definitely had to think of that. And I thought that was so good. And I thought she was an incredible singer. Also, on the topic of singing, the producer are working with Deaf West Theater, and they are making this into a stage play. Oh, i definitely go see that. I would. The cast was, like, basically not a lot of famous people, but the music instructor, Fernando Villabavos was played by Eugenio Derbez. And I was looking and I go, I know this guy. I don't know. If you have any children or grandchildren, you'll realize that he's the guy from Dory the Explorer. He's the bad guy. He is, but he's also been in so many things. Did you ever see like uh, Safety Not Guaranteed or How to Be a Latin Lover? No. Oh, he's in those as well. He's very funny. He's, um. oh, and you know what? He was also in the American remake of Overboard that Anna Ferris was in. I didn't see that, but I do know he was in it. Sadly, I did see that. And, <laughs> and I was hoping that it would be as good as the original. And it wasn't. I mean, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell just did an amazing job in that. And it was so funny. And just like the, the children trying to like persuade Goldie Hawn to, like, to stay. And that, that was a great movie. But yeah, I, didn't, I did see that movie, sadly. Well, I feel like I'm safe by saying I will never see it. Not missing out on anything. <laughs> but no, back to Coda. I thought this movie was great. I thought the music was in it was really really good i thought her singing was incredible yeah she is an amazing singer the part when she goes to the birth interview for to get into college and her parents sneak up to the top and she like she's singing to them she's doing the sign language and everything and it was so beautiful and like i actually i'm, I'm not gonna lie i had tears in my eyes i don't care you guys can judge me out there be like oh listen it was so sad and emotional i was just like i sent a picture of it, a video to my wife i'm like you gotta see this movie she's like are you crying i'm like no i'm not crying you're crying um i i cried consistently through this film i think that part was so beautiful because you could see on their faces how proud they were and to have her be able to share in something that I thought it was a nice callback to what the mom had said to her right in the beginning of the film when she was like, of course, I can't hear. So you pick singing. If I was blind, would you have picked painting? And I think for that to come full circle for her to share in a song while she's singing and signing and to see that joy on her mom's face, I thought was really important. And it's contrasted to when she's first singing in the concert at school and they're they're having fun and they're being along and they're being supportive but you can see them kind of like drifting off and being bored they they're kind of disengaging with what's happening and then i thought so i thought it was really nice at the end to have that callback where she flipped it and everyone was included yeah i also think at the high school the reason why they weren't really involved is because they, they couldn't really hear what was going on so when she's signing at the end she's actually like making it for them whereas at the play she couldn't do that so they were kind of like you know they saw people standing up so they'd stand up and it was more motion than than emotion exactly and i thought what they did best in that scene was when we hear the music and then we switch to their perspective and it's completely silent we hear what and we hear what they hear or don't hear and i think tony kotzer um the dad i think he shines in this scene because he's actually just observing how her how she is affecting people by what she's doing and i think it's so beautiful because 
because he can't understand it because he can't hear it, but he can see its effect. And I think to have that scene followed by when she's singing to him on the back of the pickup truck and he's like, because we learned that he loves the vibrations of music. He listens to rap because he likes the bass. And I think when we see him like touching her neck to hear the vibrations of her singing, it's really his way of being able to connect with her and what she does. And I thought that was so beautiful and so powerful. Yeah. And it was really good because like the the company that, you know, they open their own company because they're being screwed over by the fish sellers. So, and they need someone to interpret. And she's like, I can't do it all the time. And they actually lose their license because she doesn't go with them on the boat when they're being um, monitored. And like, it's kind of like you, you see the battle because he wants her to be there for them. But then when she does all that, he realizes that, you know, she has the talent and I can't hold her back. This family shouldn't hold her back because we want stuff and we can make other w- options happen. So like, he, they like, you got to go, we got to go, we got to get you to this Berkeley thing. So I thought that was kind of beautiful. I did because it was so beautiful because she had that moment of realization when she was like, no, this has been my whole life. She's like, I love you guys and I love signing, but this has been my whole life and I want something for myself. And I think before that, it was kind of a crazy concept because they were like, oh, we want all of this. This is the family. This is what we're doing. This is all of us. So I thought that, I don't know. I thought it was so well written and so well acted that every scene really resonated with me. Yeah, I agree. It really was well done. Just like, like I said before, the cinematography was incredible. Just seeing the, the different locations. The quarry they're at is actually the still Derek in Rockport, Mass. So if you guys watch the movie and think, wow, that's a beautiful quarry. I'd like to go visit that. That's where it's at. I wonder if you can actually go diving because that looked so beautiful and peaceful. I was like, that looks so nice. I'm sure you can't, but pe- people probably do. So I'm, we're not condoning anything you do with that quarry. <laughs> Just saying, if you go diving or jumping, uh, that's on you, not us. Absolutely. But they did make it look really fun and peaceful. Also, I thought that I thought it was so interesting to see her relationship with that main boy and how it kind of flipped because she saw her family in such a different way than he did and I thought that was really interesting while he was like she was like oh my house is disgusting it's a mess we're like messy and it smells like fish and all this and like my parents are obviously crazy for each other like and I thought that was and he was like no your house is a home and like you have a family and he's like I'm so it, it was so different because she felt so ostracized by her family and felt like they were so abnormal where this person who's seemingly normal is yearning for what she has within her family kind of to show that no matter what hearing or non-hearing the dynamics of love overcome that yeah i agree and like just because people seem like they have everything together on the outside doesn't mean they do i mean and that's why you know we emphasize on here you know love who you are because you might look beautiful on the outside but inside you have some really scarred up life it might mess you up like physically and emotionally later on i mean that's what this kid was saying about his parents weren't happy his house wasn't happy but everybody thought he was happy you know and like she's picked on by a girl in school because she she comes from a deaf family and she's always picked on and picked on. Usually people that do that have problems themselves. Yeah, that girl was annoying, but I get her point. And I thought there could have been a nice like reconciliation, like maybe like, oh, I'm sorry that I was a bully, but I guess it wasn't that movie. It was more about her and her family. So it was different, but I thought it was really good. And I thought I love the scenes of her and her music teacher together because I thought, um, I don't know, I just really loved them. I thought they had great chemistry. Yeah, they did. And I like the fact that, you know, he saw what she had at the pot when they're at Berkeley, she thinks that 
the guy left because her boyfriend blows his Berkeley uh, thing because he's so nervous. So she kind of goes up there and she's messing up. Before the parents come, she's kind of messing up. And he hits the note on purpose to like make it so she can start over because he knows she's better than what she's given out. Absolutely. And I thought that um, I thought that was so nice because then you could see that the change when she really started to like feel it and started doing to sign as well and really embrace like both sides of herself. And I think that was the culmination of the whole movie, which was really beautiful. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, the song itself talks about how like you give everything for the person you love, you know, and that's family. I mean, most times it's family and, you know, you're, you're a spouse, you're like your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever spouse you have that you're in a relationship. You know, you kind of give everything to them. Like you want them to be the best that they can be and achieve everything they can. You're supporting them, you know, and she's done that all her life. And I think that's why the parents flipped it around and started supporting her because they realized, yeah, she has been there for us. She has done everything possible to make our lives as easy as possible with our ailment. We got to give something back. And I thought that was nice. I agree. And I love her relationship with her mom because you can see all the fear that the mom has. She's afraid to talk to people. And from the conversation she has with her on the bed, I'm only to assume that she probably got made fun of a lot within her own family and within like her peer group when she was younger. So I thought that it was really interesting to see the mom cling to her so much, being like, no, we need you here. We need you here. Without you, I don't have anyone to talk to. I can't relate to these hearing people. She wouldn't even get to know them because they were hearing. And I thought it was so interesting to, to see that fear within all of them trying to like be not really be a part of the community and then join the community and I thought it was really interesting yeah there's a part where um, they decide to do the company and she's ranting and she says you know basically she's like and these hearing people and like her daughter's sitting there like I wish she wouldn't say stuff like that you know because she can hear so she she kind of like you know it feels uncomfortable with that because she's like well I'm able to hear is she talking about like me kind of yeah and I think it goes back to like one of the earlier conversations in the movie when she's like you can't listen to music at the table music isn't for the family but tenders for the family because it just shows like what people could bond over and I thought that was so interesting so funny because we think like oh we can automatically all bond over music but like I'm gonna date and judge girls in private you know yeah, I agree. And like, that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of us that do have hearing and eyesight take advantage of that. We don't appreciate it like we should. Whereas if we lost it, I mean, can you imagine going through life never hearing a bird or never seeing rainbow or never seeing a waterfall or, or hearing like the, your dog bark or, you know, when you come home? Because that's like an, an awesome feeling. Like when you come home and your dog's barking because he loves you so much. But these people never got to hear any of that. And they couldn't hear their own daughter sing. And then she's, like I said, her voice was beautiful, but they appreciated it. Exactly. And that's why I go back. It was honestly my favorite scene of the whole movie is when she is singing to her dad on there. Because you can see, I think you can just see as much as he can relate to her and as much as he can understand and feel what she's giving her gift to the world. He does and he accepts her and he truly sees. And I think it was so beautiful to really have that realization. And I think, I don't know, I just love it. It, it was my favorite scene. I keep going back to it. No, because it was an important scene. When they're at the school and she's singing, he looks over and there's a woman crying and he doesn't know why. And he, like, when he's outside and he's like, I want you to sing for me. I want, and he wanted to feel that. He wanted to feel what emotions that lady felt. And you could see when he's holding her, his eyes light up and he's just like, oh my God, this is like the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. He, and to have that emotional range because in the movie earlier, he's very funny. He's very lighthearted. I mean, his scenes had me cracking up when he was like trying to talk to the doctor. And she's like, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not telling them that. It was so funny. 
Yeah, well, when the thought when the he he first meets the the guy that ends up being our boyfriend, and he's did you put on a condom? And like, but he's so he's not saying it. He's like doing the, the the thing with his hands, and it is just so funny. And I'm like, oh my god, this poor kid. Even the the daughter's horrified. She's like, oh my, but the kid knew what he was talking about. But then they go to school, and he had told a friend, and the friend tells the girl that makes fun of her, and he, she ends up embarrassing her. But uh, you know, you feel for the kid later on because he didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean to do that right because he was like telling his friend. But at the same time, he has to know who his friends are. It's like, yeah, your friends are mean people. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the like pretty and pink Andrew McCarthy. Like, you know, James Spader is a bad guy. Like, you can't trust him. Like, you know, your friends are bad people. You can't trust. Him. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It was just like I said, it was just an amazing movie. I highly recommend Code. I, I understand why it won Best Picture. Hands down, it was like something I'll watch again and again. I mean, I just thought there's so much in it that you could see and like pick up again and again and like more parts to it that you might have missed. I, I recommend it highly. Oh, I absolutely recommend it. Um, Now, I haven't seen all the best picture nominees, so I can't, but I do think it deserved to win. I loved it so much. I thought the acting was incredible. I thought the story was beautiful. The music was beautiful. But yeah, I want to see the original. I got to see the original. Yeah, I do too. I, and I do want to see a lot of the best pictures. I want to see King Richard. Uh, not because of the fact that Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. I want to see it because actually I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I wanted to see it when it came on to purchase and uh, I just never got to it. And then it just seems like a really interesting story about how Serena and Venus became tennis stars and you know what they've overcome. They, they've overcome a lot. I mean, if you've got to figure they were considered minorities at that time. It was a predominantly white sport and they broke into it. So that's another thing, you know, like if you look at like the view people in a positive way, like don't look at skin color or, or how they speak or, you know, the differences they have, like maybe they can't hear. View the person for what they are, the person inside. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, we can hope that we're getting to a place of inclusion and to a place of where there's not like discrimination. But I feel like for us, as far forward we go, there are people that try to push it back and try to not. So this movie, I think, is really good for awards seasons and shows to show that it can usher in a big wave of inclusion that that you can make movies like this and they will get nominated and they will reach their audiences and they will be important and they will be seen and your stories are important and people want to listen and hear them and see them. Yeah, and you can see like this coming on like television and stuff like the new Roseanne has a gender non-conformant character and there's like a lot of things that are coming up where like the characters are being more and more like open to the times where before it was this like a stereotypical like white or, or black family or Spanish family like, like they were all like you know boy girl boy girl now it's like you know they accept the fact that that's not how it is nowadays yeah and i think what a big part of that is we have to get like more inclusion in like writers rooms and directors like we need more female writers we mean need more writers of color we need more directors we need more people like this because those are the stories that are going to get written and then shared we don't need the same five old guys cranking out the same stories you know what I mean like so I think it's really important that things like this are out there and being made and being shared I agree 100% I'm kind of saddened that the overshadowing of the Oscars is Will Smith smacking Chris Rock and uh, there's a lot of memes now and a lot of stuff being said and things going on and uh, is it fake is it real or I don't I honestly don't care I care that it happened because there was kids watching and stuff but in in the long run people make mistakes people do things that out of anger and like it's not justifiable 
it's I'm not saying it's okay, but I've done stuff out of anger. I'm sure everybody has, has done stuff out of anger, and we regret it. And it seemed like he was sincerely regretful. He seemed like he didn't mean to like to take it the way he did. And then sometimes emotions get the best of us, you know. Like I think that you know, cut the guy some break. He he made an apology. He spoke to Chris Rock after. I mean, things happen. I agree. I do not care about this at all. I believe it's fake. Chris Rock is on a world tour right now. His ticket sales have increased. Prices of his tickets have increased. It's fine. Whatever. I do not believe that Will Smith should give back his Oscar. He apologized for his actions. And I think if the Oscars all of a sudden are going to be these moral gods, then they should also take back Harvey Weinstein's Oscars, Roman Polanski's Oscars. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to if we're going to judge one person, we're going to judge all these people. You can't. And I mean, you can say, oh, so then violence is acceptable at the Oscars. Obviously, it's not. No one's saying it is. This isn't setting any kind of precedent for bad behavior. Sometimes people lose their cool. Sometimes things are staged. I just, it's insanity to me. I don't think that Will Smith should lose his Oscar. I think he deserved it. I think he did a great performance. That's what it's about. A hundred percent. And, you know, like taking away everybody's stuff. And look, here's the thing. If we keep on like, what's it called? The cancel culture. If we keep on canceling all this stuff. You know, like this person should have taken away for this, this person. Then what are we doing? We're becoming like a dictatorship of values. And we can't do that. I mean, people back in the old olden days, they had beliefs and stuff that were wrong. It was wrong. But you know what? It was there. And it was, it happened. And we can't hide that. We can't say, oh, it never happened by just put, taking stuff away. Like, you know, we can't do that. And we can't do it now. I mean, he made a mistake. He said he was sorry. He earned that Oscar. And it would be a shame, an absolute shame if they take that from him. Yeah, it would It would be absolute bull, bullshit if they took it from him. I don't think they will. I think there will be far too much of an outcry if they do because they haven't punished anyone else. So why are you going to punish Will Smith for something that I think is, I think it's fake. Yeah, me, judge and jury over here. T- talking about not judging people. I'm out here judging them. But I don't know. Watch Coda. It's worth it. Flea, also worth it. Encanto was great. Worth it. I know you're not a big Dune fan. I loved Dune, so worth it. Okay, I'm biased because I've seen the original Dune. Okay, I'm old, guys. Don't forget, okay? All right, yeah, but I saw it when it came out. <laughs> you saw it on a video or a recording or on TV. I, I actually saw it in the movies. So like, Sting did a great job. I mean, I thought it was just a really good movie. I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not. It's just like... The cinematography, the the designs, the costumes were all incredible. I just didn't like some of the characters. I wasn't used to certain characters. Dave Bautista, I didn't like as an actor in that movie. I liked Dave Bautista in Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked him in a bunch of movies. I just didn't like him in that. I didn't think his role didn't seem the part, you know, because I was used to the parts from the first Dune. So his character wasn't in the first Dune. So I, that's, I'm biased. I'm, I'm biased, Dave. I'm sorry. See, that's so interesting because I thought Dave Bautista did a great job. I am a huge fan of his, too. And I loved this role for him. And I love him because it kind of, I thought he really showed what he could do in Blade Runner 2049. So I was really intrigued by this role. And I thought he did a good job. And I, I liked everyone, you know? I don't know. I thought Timothy Chalamet is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious in this role, but he, he's just funny in general. And I thought Oscar Isaac was great. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Okay, well, that, you know, people, uh, tomato, tomatoes. I mean, yeah. you didn't like it. I, I mean, you liked it. I didn't. Life happens. Yeah, we both like Coda, and my dog seems to approve of Coda. <laughs>
I just like to say a shout out to the people in India. Uh, we have a lot of following in India, and I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy that all y'all listen, and uh, we get the statistics and we see what people are listening on and where they're coming from. It's India, love you, and uh, all everybody else that's listening to us, love you too. Absolutely, we're so happy that you guys are tuning into us and listening. We hope that you're still enjoying all the content weekly. We have some exciting things, like we had said, on the horizon. We're gonna get some forums starting, so you guys can submit requests of what you guys want to hear and hear us talk about but i hope y'all have a great week love you watch coda if you can and be sure to tune in next week to what's happening